Sean. And I'm Carrie. Sean's an ex-cop who does happier things now. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> and Carrie's a New York Times and internationally best-selling children's book novelist. We live in Down East Maine, and our podcast is a little funky. We start off with a random thought we recorded in bed, or the kitchen, or the car, and then we give a writing tip, and a dog tip for life, because our dogs are wise and smart and like to be included. <laughs> We're not hoity-toity. We're not all trash talk, although we try. We're just us. So thanks for joining us. Please like, subscribe, and be cool. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and dogs are smarter than people. And we begin with a random thought. Let's do it, baby. Now. Hey, it's Random Thought. Hey, Anna. You'll hear the background noise of poker. Currently at the poker table, bending all gender stereotypes, is a game of four. Three women, one man. And we can find out how the one man feels if he stops talking. We'll wait for a second. No, we're voice memoing for the podcast. So, we're going to go over and visit Sam, because she's not talking to anyone. Sam, do you feel like this is a gender-bending um, poker game? Because it's three women and one man. <laughs> Sam is just making a face at me and not talking. Which is so Emily of her. It's like Sam is my teenage daughter. Why do we have to bring gender into it? Why can't it just be people playing poker? Because I like it. <laughs> Yes. No, because I like that there's three ladies and one guy. It's above the norm. Like, it's not normal for more women than men at the same Like, doesn't it seem like a stereotype when you think of a poker game? It's like all these guys smoking cigars. And yet no one is smoking a cigar either. Well, no, it's not like my bed. Development. Smoking causes cancer. Smoking does cause cancer. And that's why family poker night does not have this. Discussion items more than anything. Is there a need for John? Hi. Is it intimidating to play poker with three brilliant ladies? With three brilliant ladies? No. No. Is it good? Of course it is. All right. There. There you have it. Random thought on a walk, <laughs> I guess. We're on a street in Bar Harbor, heading into the National Park. Cold. Uh, it's cold. It's cold. <laughs> it's so cold. <laughs> like, Not that cold. It's cold. Some people are going to call us like wimps. <laughs> well, our Canadian <laughs> listeners would right. say we're wimps, but... It's our, like 25, right? I don't know if it's 25. I'm wearing a lot of layers. And we're playing a little game I like to call pine cone or poop. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you thought? Because I thought the same thing. <laughs> That's so funny. Because, <laughs> alright, so as we're recording this, it's November, which is, and we're in Maine, and it's 25 degrees. Apparently, I think it's colder. And there's a lot of pine cones that have fallen off the tree, but we don't have snow yet because we're on the coast. And those pine cones look like poop. Oh, exactly like dog food. That's so funny. Yeah. That's the adventure we call pine cone or poop. <laughs> I was having two. I was like, is that pine cone or poop? It's 
scary gonna step in? Oh, <laughs> you didn't even warn me. No, I was gonna find out. Oh my word. I figured I'd ask your opinion. Anyway. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> There's a lot of drama in our town surrounding poop. Is there? Yes. Dog poop? Yeah. Yeah. Not human poop, thankfully, but like dog poop. Because. There are towns that actually have drama about human poop in the streets right now. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. California is rampant with homeless people pooping all over the place. Well, they need to do something for them so that they don't have to do that. Yeah. Aw. All right, so we don't have that problem. Yay. We just have a lot of drama over people and their dogs. Because some people don't clean up their doggy poop. And some people do, sort of. Which means they put their doggy poop in the poop bag, but then they just leave the poop bag. Like on the trail. Or on the side of the road. Yeah. And like, oh, that's stupid. I hate you. And you're like, what? Um, there's a lot of people who intelligently put their doggy poop bags in their like trunk and keep it outside their car. And they'll drive down the road. And you'll be like, why is that plastic bag outside their car? And it's because they're trying to get to a receptacle to throw away their doggy poop. We're going over a stream. Can you hear it? Um, it really sounds nice. Yeah. Nice. And, and that's really funny because people from away don't know what the people are doing when that happens. And they're like, honk at you and be like, what are you doing? You got something hanging out of your car. <laughs> The other thing we do up around here at a campground or anywhere (laughs) is... Shut up, man. The other thing that we do... We're being an informative podcast. The other thing that we do around here is that we, um, like, put our garbage on the hood of our car sometimes. Yeah. Because nobody wants smelly things in your car. And if you don't have to go fast to get to the garbage place or the dumpster... Yeah. Why not, man? That's right. Is that legal now? To do what? Oh my gosh, you don't listen. You to put your garbage bag on the hood of your car. Well, in the campground, it's private property. It's not really that. But I've seen people do that on Lebson, too. Oh, yeah, well, if it doesn't obstruct your view, it's probably okay. Although, it's, you're supposed to secure your loads, so. Secure your loads. <laughs> you know what I mean? Strap it on. Hey, I had a pretty cool thought. Oh. We're talking about homeless people pooping in. Oh, uh, we're going to have to delete this part. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So I was like, what do you need to keep you from pooping in the street, right? Yeah. That's pooping in the street. Uh-huh. You need a toilet. Right. Each person needs a toilet. Have you ever been in a handicap-sized porta potty No. What? It's like you can roll a wheelchair in there. Yeah. But Plus, it's got the regular thing of a porta potty right? right? So, you put these... Every homeless person gets a handicap-sized porta potty But right above the toilet, just high enough for somebody to sit under it, is like a platform. So that's their sleeping platform. Aww. So they can sleep up top and poop and then go out and do their stuff. Huh. You know what I mean? Well. Yeah. They can have porta potty villages and stuff. Porta potty village. It's a tip. I think camp. that Bar Harbor would like a porta potty village, honestly. Well, it'll be kind of cold in this climate in the winter. Oh, climate. that's true. I don't know. Hmm. Anyways. Poop or pine cone? What were you talking about? <laughs> it's so beautiful here right now. Yeah. I was yeah. I was thinking about um shame. Shame? Yeah. 
I'm on a little shame bender this week. You are? Yeah, yeah. Who are you shaming? No, I'm not sh- So, anyways, there's a lot of stuff about shame and resilience and empathy and all that kind of stuff. And but I was thinking about it. And we're going to talk in our podcast a tiny bit about it in the regular part of the podcast because yeah. of um, people at my workshop on Friday. I had a workshop this week, mm-hmm. and um, and they they were all like, "We want to self-publish, but we think people won't take us seriously." Yeah. And I was just kind of sad. Well. I was like, they're ashamed. You think they're ashamed? Oh. Well, they don't have any self-confidence. Well, yeah. Look, is it really shame? I know what you mean, though. It's like if you have one of those personalities like you and I do. Yeah. More so me than you, I think. But, and you watch something on television that just makes you, for lack of a better word, ashamed. Yeah. <laughs> you feel it in your own body, like, ah. Uh, you feel that, right? Sometimes, like, I'm so embarrassed for these people. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's what... <clears throat> what does that have to do with self-publishing? You were talking about they're ashamed of their work. Oh, well, right? no, they, they're trying to traditionally publish. Right. But they are sort of like, I'm worried that if we can't, then everyone will think we're not for real because we're self-publishing. And that's just so sad that there's this stigma right there, you know? Yeah. Like, they're for real. They wrote a book. They're trying really hard. That's right. Well, there's, like, so many things to be ashamed... That people get ashamed about, but... And it's sad. Their lives, like... Oh, yeah. Their looks, their marriage, their body, their... Everything, their kids, like, am I a good parent? (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Like, you have to have it, or else you don't have empathy. You don't have anything else. But like, there's way to ways to be more resilient about it. You know? Yep. I just don't know. I don't know either, though. All I know is my (coughs) hand is frozen holding this. Oh, you want me to hold that for a minute? No, maybe we should just stop. Oh, you don't have to say. Sound off. <laughs> I feel you shame. About it, yeah. I feel some shame right now because, like, I feel like this wasn't funny enough. Should we try to work our way through this? <laughs> you know, a just having session? yes, basically, just having a bad random thought doesn't make me a bad person. No. Doesn't mean that I suck just because my random thought sucked. I don't think it necessarily. Yeah. Huh? Writing tip of the pod. <laughs> What's up, baby? I wanted um, you to talk about Gabby. Me? Well, you know, when people look at our dog Gabby, they almost always say, oh, she's so beautiful. <laughs> Gabby, however, isn't beautiful by breed standards. She's actually quite a mess. Her muzzle isn't boxy enough. Her back sloops. Her hips play. She's about 20 pounds too skinny. And that's mostly all because she was abused and starved her first year of life, tied by a chain to a tree in the Alabama fields. 
But Gabby's not about shame. Gabby is about being, being joyous, loving, and keeping her flock of kittens and people and the one other dog under her roof all safe. Gabby doesn't have shame about her imperfections. Nope. She's the prettiest puppy ever. People <laughs> coo to her when she when we take walks. Who's the beautiful baby? They say that. Or sometimes it's just a simple, oh, what a beautiful <laughs> You've dog. you got to stop acting through these lines. Are you? Yeah, boo. All right. So Gabby <laughs> has no shame about her broken body. That doesn't meet the AKC. KKC. Oh, sounded like I was saying KKK. AKC <laughs> standards. That stands for American Kettle. Kettle Club? <laughs> <laughs> Those are the tea drinkers. <laughs> American Kennel Club. AKC. Not like a tat. Kitty cat. Right. All right. Um, so she's got no shame about that. She got none. Um, she has joy even when she's broken and hurt and limping along or having a bad fur day. And we can learn a lot from Gabby. Yeah, we can. On the entry, shame versus guilt on her blog, Dr. Brene Brown writes, I define... <laughs> You're such a jerk. <laughs> you just did it too. I define shame as the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Something we've experienced, done, or failed to do makes us unworthy of connection. I don't believe shame is helpful or productive. In fact, I think shame is much more likely to be the source of destructive, hurtful behavior than the solution or cure. I think the fear of disconnection can make us dangerous. For many women and men, shame has a lot to do with not looking pretty enough, perfect enough, sexy enough, being good enough. We stare at our eyes, worry about their shape, our lack of lips, our lack of a butt, our lack of symmetry. Lacks. And it's always about lacks. But Gabby, man. She has no shame about how she looks because she's a dog. Oh, lucky. People have no judgment about her lacks <laughs> because they aren't constantly fed how she's supposedly What? People have no judgments about her lex because they aren't constantly fed how she's supposed to look as a great peer. They just see her dog's soul shining through. Yay. Her kind eyes and her fluffy white fur. Yeah. She has a very kind soul, actually. She really does. She's yeah. the kindest little doggy. Um, we can't quickly erase all that beauty programming or other programming that our media, our relatives, and even our friends and lovers have fed us. But we know what triggers our shame. We can know that, right? And call it out and be like, oh, I'm having a shame moment or something. So, like, for me, Sean says things like, you're so beautiful. Oh, I should probably, you should say it, just say it. You are so beautiful, baby. <laughs> it never sounds real. And I cringe, and I cringe, and I ask, what about the scar on my stomach? And he'll be like... Still beautiful. <laughs> Jesus, girl, I can't do this. And I'll keep cringing. And I'll say, I think I'm losing my lips. Still beautiful. <laughs> I have no eyebrows. Still beautiful. <laughs> Such a jerk. <laughs> okay. What Sean has, other than the great ability to torment me, is a really great ability 
ability to pull me out of my shame spiral, but he also has empathy. That's why he was a fantastic cop when he was a cop. And Brian, Brown, wow, wow, <laughs> right. Brown. This and the semantic scholar. Would you like to read what she writes, bud? In Wiseman identifies four defining attributes of empathy. To be able to see the world as others see it. To be non-judgmental. To understand another person's feelings. And to communicate your understanding of that person's feelings. Empathy is almost an opposite to shame, right? Because empathy allows Sean to be kind and patient when I'm being a dork about how I look when he's going out of his way and giving me a compliment. This is true about self-publishing. Yes. I was teaching a workshop about publishing on Friday, and some of the students were like, there's such a stigma to self-publishing still. And another guy was like, that's because not all of those books suck. And that's, um, he actually said some of those books. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, that's because some of those books suck. And that's true. Some do suck, but some are brilliant. And I said that. And I also said, you know, there are some traditionally published books that suck too. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We have to figure out how to not worry about other people determining the worth of our work. Taste is subjective. Some people love Drake. Some people can't stand him. That doesn't devalue Drake. Same thing for Adele, or Stephen King, or Jason Reynolds. Yes, some self-published books haven't been copy-edited, or might not be structurally sound, but those books don't determine the worth of your book. Your book is yours. Its value isn't about all the other self-published books in the world. Its value is determined by your ability to communicate your story. Its value is determined by the joy and sense of accomplishment that it gave you when you wrote it. Woo! So all condensed, our writing tip of the pot is don't go into that shame spiral. Be proud of who you are and what you've created. And if somebody gives you a compliment. Just say thank you. Right, I'll try. I'll try. Dog tip for life. So, Smarty just happens to be sitting right next to us. Me, but that's still us. And I asked him if he ever felt shame. He's like, yeah. Yeah, when the story goes. (laughs) He said, but not about myself. (laughs) What? He said he never feels shame about himself. He's an odd dog. Kind of like you were describing Gabby didn't ever feel shame. Or no, no, no. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> but he said he experiences shame when we go out for our walks. What? And he sees other dog owners that aren't picking up their dog's poop. Oh, yeah, that is shameful. Yeah. Yeah. So, Freddie's dog tip for life is pick up the poop you leave behind you. That's right. Bag it appropriately, but then also take the bag out of everybody else's sight lines. <laughs> yes. You're like, oh, yeah. All right, so when you mess up, you don't want to go into the shame spiral, right? right. You want to treat that shame like dog poop, and you pick it up, and you bag it. And you right. don't let it touch your fingers because you are done with it. And you don't leave it on the side of the road for everybody to be like, yo, there's Sean's dog poop, right? There's a yeah. bad axe. You pick that stuff up. 
You don't let it torment you with its bad odors any longer, right? And you put it in the dumpster or the trash receptacle and you let it go. Because the next day is your day, man. And you can't keep reliving the bad stuff you've done in the past and let it bring you down. Because that means you're never going to reach the light in your full, beautiful future. You won't be able to do the good because you're too busy thinking about the bad that you did. Ooh. All about yeah, hold on a second. It's hard. Is that what you meant? That's what he meant. He said pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> pretty close. us with their time and listen to our podcast what other little tidbits should we tell them well the music we've clipped and shortened in this podcast is awesome and is made available through the creative commons license artist in the song is night owl by berg for free that sounds so 80s anyway it's cool i like it got anything else going on in your world all the writing tips are at carriejonesbooks.blog. I just released a book called In the Woods with Steve Waddell. It's creepy, it's a little horrifying, and it's a little romantic. Ooh, that's yeah, cool. and it's a summer buzz book from Publishers Weekly. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What else? What else? I have you a Patreon. Say, oh, yeah. That's. You can find us on social media. The Patreon's a great way to read a book that's never been published by you. Yes. Only Patreon people get to read it, right? Oh, yeah. Subscribers, I mean. And you get special content. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you can get special gifts, too, right? I do. I send out art. Carrie Jones paintings, which are all beautiful. And books sometimes. Yeah. Signed. Signed by me. Sean. (laughs) Just kidding. What do you want to tell people, honey bunny? I don't know. Just thank you. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe and share. Yeah, you said that. Oh. At the beginning. But we can say it twice. Can we say it 87 times so people really do? They'll probably just shut it off after like the <laughs> 80th one at least. Like, subscribe, share. Like, subscribe, share. Like, subscribe, share. Like, subscribe, share. No. And get out and live your life. Yes. No matter what. The whole point of Dogs Are Smarter Than People in this podcast is to try to make your life a tiny bit better for at least two seconds, in which you're like, at least we're not them, buddy. At least we're not them. That's that's all. That's a good, people always have that outlook. <laughs> at least we're not them. <laughs> Having fun.